Well, good morning. Good morning. Wasn't that exciting? Yes. <laughs> we are so delighted today to have with us this morning Paul and Angela Richardson with Take Hold Church Scotland. Would you guys give them a, a welcome? We had the privilege of sharing uh, their video last October when we first formally reached out to them and said we wanted to be a partner. But today it's kind of official. Mm. So we're really, really excited that you're here. And we just can't wait for them to share with you all the great things that are going to be going on as they make their way to Scotland. Mm. You know, um, Hilton Head Island Community Church, good morning, everybody. Um, we are heading towards being 15 years old, right in the middle of transitioning from middle school to high school. So anyway, that's how old we are as a church um, heading there. In fact, September the 11th will be our 15-year anniversary. And we're kind of kicking the celebration off today with 4HHI. And when you walked in today, you saw those words, those value words, those vision words that we have up everywhere for you guys to see. And one of those words is sending. We want to be a church that is a sending church, and it was about 10 or 12 years ago that God began to lay on my heart and on Cynthia's heart as we had planted Hilton Head Island Community Church that we weren't supposed to just stay here, that the gospel is not a message that is just supposed to stay here, and we really felt like God was leading us to send into the world a partner, a global partner, if you will, um, on every habitable continent in the world. And that's one of the vision uh, statements he gave us. It's one of the visions he gave us as a church. And so over the past, uh, you know, 15 years, we've started a church in, in Central America, down in Belize. Now, I realize no geography lessons here this morning. Central America can be North America or South America. But anyway, so we've got North America covered. We uh, have a, a global partner in Atlanta and in New York. And we have a new partner down in South America, so we've covered uh, down in Argentina, so we've covered South America. And we have one in Kenya, in Africa, in Nairobi, Kenya. And um, God led us to uh, Paul and Angela and Take Hold Church, and I'm excited to announce with Cynthia here today that this is it. We're starting in the continent of Europe through Take Hold Church, which is really exciting to see God's vision become a reality. So. So we're excited uh, for you guys. We're excited about the part that we have the great honor to play in. And so um, we just want to hear from you guys today and hear a little bit of your story and what God is doing and what he will do through Take Hold Church. So tell us a little bit about your family and just kind of how you got here. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you to you guys. Um, this, I know you might hear this from other people, but you could not have a better pastor and wife and um, all of the things that they do. They love this community. They are encouraging other people as well as you, and we're a benefit of that. So thank you guys so very much. Um, so, yeah, I'm Angela. This is Paul, and we are coming up on 25 years of marriage in October. Still officially 24. We haven't made it yet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. well, <laughs> Not that he's counting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just hoping you know when the anniversary is. Uh, when we get yeah. for it. Um, so we got married. I was very young when we got married. I was 19 years old. And um, my mom wanted to bump that a week because if I had waited a week, I would have been 20. And the timing just didn't work out. So um, <laughs> when my son turned 19, he was like, oh, so we're the same age. That, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not <laughs> happening for you. Um, so we have two boys. 
Uh, our oldest is almost 20, and our youngest is 17. Mm. And they have both decided on their own that they want to move with us mm. and be a part of this journey. And so we are thrilled about that. Mm. Yeah, so we were part of a church plant back in 1997 in northwest Atlanta, the far suburbs of Atlanta, in a town called Dallas, Georgia. And uh, we have been serving there ever since in different capacities, uh, children's ministry groups, community outreach, global outreach, and then in some other roles later on as well, and uh, made it known to our church what God was doing in our lives about this time last year. It's amazing to, amazing to see the, the story of God leading you um, to what you're doing, and we're going to hear a little bit about that, but I'm curious, when, when we hear Scotland, I know I've had some people taken aback. First of all, they want to go on a missions trip to see you guys, especially golfers in the room, right? Uh, so anyway, all the guys are like, sign me up now. Uh, so anyway, but one of the things, I'm taken aback by a church plant in Scotland, because if you know anything about church history, which, you know, he and I could, Paul and I could nerd out on this, we won't, but, um, and, and really spiritual history, Scotland used to be the sending place. And it used to be um, you know, the land of the book, as you mentioned in the video. It's not that way anymore. Paint a picture for us, if you guys would, of spiritually where Scotland is today and where it's come from and how it's changed over the last couple centuries. Yeah, so, you know, in the 16th century, Martin Luther put those 95 theses on, on the door there in Germany. And uh, William Tyndale translated the New Testament from Greek to English, and these were some of the factors that took that began to take place in what is known as the, the Reformation. And really, the, the Scottish Reformation had its genesis in St. Andrews. So I know you'd, you'd love to come and, and play golf, and I'd love for you to come and play <laughs> golf. Um, and you can walk that entire town in, in 20 minutes, um, and it's, it's beautiful. But there are some uh, our rich Christian history there in that town, both rich history and, and tragedy. As uh, you can go to places where men like Patrick Hamilton and George Wishart were martyred for their faith. Uh, one of Wishart's bodyguards was a guy by the name of John Knox, who then uh, continued to, to spread the message. And so at one point, yes, all of Scotland, it felt like knew Jesus or was Christian uh, up to 80% uh, at, at one point. Uh, in fact, the pastors in Edinburgh panicked when they were feeling like church attendance dropped to 70%. They called for prayer meetings. What do we do? It's only at 70%. Can you imagine mm. that, that type mm. of, of passion wow. and intensity? But the Scottish Reformation was replaced uh, about 100, 150 years later by the Scottish Enlightenment, led by a man by the name of David Hume, which is where we get the term humanism. In other words, it's, it's really all about us. The only things that matter are the things that you can see, the things that you can measure. There are no such thing as miracles. Uh, it was about 50 or 60 years after his death that Charles Darwin picked up his writings and uh, was very influential in his life, too. And so over that period, over that century, uh, Christianity was really wiped out. In fact, it became, Edinburgh became to be known as the Athens of the North. And uh, they started to build a building that was to be a replica of the Parthenon there on yes. Calton Hill uh, in mm. Edinburgh. They only got about a quarter of the way finished before they ran out of money. But that still today is something that that stands and stands proud as the national monument to just say, we've got it all figured out. We don't need anything. We certainly don't need a God that we don't believe in, that mm. we don't believe exists. And so when a country is is 1% Christian, there are a lot of issues. There are mm. a lot of symptoms. Yes, that's right. 
just to give you perspective on, on this, when we started Hilton Head Island Community Church, part of the reason that we did that was there were multiple surveys that showed that this county, that Beaufort County, was 9% churched. And that was very highly unusually low in the South. And still is, by the way, to this day. And so we have our work ahead of us, um, and you guys definitely do, really trying to erase two centuries of, of darkness in, into a place. You're going to be bringing light into that place. Where are you guys in the process right now? Yeah, so um, we announced to our church about a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, and we've been going back and forth from Georgia to Scotland, and we've made many trips. Um, we've been going into different communities, prayer walking, just asking God for clarity, where do you want this church to be? And so it's been a little exhausting, but it's also very exhilarating because every time we get there, we get a little more excited about what we see that God's doing. And we've made relationships with people in um, coffee shops. His, his is the coffee shop. I always end up at the pharmacy for some reason. <laughs> um, so I'm really good friends with the pharmacist. He's really good friends with the coffee shop people. Yeah, we've been going to the same place. So uh, most of my places involve food when it starts to be the people who know me. And so I, I walked into what's now my, my favorite coffee shop there in Edinburgh in the northern part of the city. And I walked in and the barista called out, Flat white, one raw sugar. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. And so, <laughs> Which is a yeah, great coffee yeah. drink, by the way. Yeah, man. That's it's right. a great, yeah. good job. Good. So they already know my coffee order. Yeah. The, um, yeah. the food in Scotland's a little bit bland, so we're so grateful that there are so many people there from Italy. Mm. And uh, our favorite pizza place, uh, the manager there, his name's Fada. He's originally from Egypt. There's another manager there named Mike. They both know me by name. I walked into a pastry shop. You can see what's mm. happening here. I walked into a pastry shop, and a, a young lady by the name of Jessica went, oh, hey, Paul, you're back. Good to see you. Have you guys moved here yet? And yeah. uh, she began to share a little bit of some things that were going on in her life. We got to talk a little bit. And so there are now specific names of people that, that we know that we can pray for, mm. that we've had conversations with, that we're, that we're getting to know. I mean, we've got the stats and facts, right? Mm. I mean, it's mm. only 1% Christian. Mm. Because of it being only 1% Christian, Scotland uh, leads all of Europe and drug deaths. Mm. Not per capita, it just mm. leads. It has more than, than anyone else. The city of Dundee uh, has more teen pregnancies than any other city in, in Europe. There are a plethora of issues that are really symptoms mm. of the lack of the gospel. Mm. But behind all the stats and all of those things, it's people. Mm. It's mm. individual people. It's individual names that God sent his, his son for. And uh, that's what we're trying to do is visit some of those same people and get to know them. Yeah, so right now we're just in the process of, you know, putting our house on the on market. We're selling everything. Um, I'm keeping my grandma's dishes. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> we're selling everything in our home. And, you know, we don't have a huge home, but we're going to be going from kind of like macro living to micro living. Mm -hmm. In Europe, a lot of yep. places are very efficient. And um, we're actually looking forward to that. Simplifying is a good thing. They're laughing mm. at the word efficient, which is a great word. That is a yeah. great yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. It's very diplomatic. Instead yeah. of saying tiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot that we've got four months until we move in January. And so there's a lot of dominoes that are about mm. to fall. And 
I don't know if you know the William Tell overture. Dun, 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 that's what I feel like is about to happen in our lives. And um, so, yeah, that's where we are right now. Mm. Tell us about the vision, because Cynthia and I uh, left the same area of Atlanta because we were at a uh, really kind of a sister church in, in many ways in Atlanta, and we had started it back in the late 90s. And uh, anyway, so we did that. You guys were doing the same thing at Westridge. We were at North Star. They were at Westridge. And so, and still to this day, North Star and Westridge are, are just joined together in, in community and likeness and methodology and so on and so forth, theology. And uh, you, you guys were there. We left to, to move to New York, and then you know, God led us down here a few years later. And when you start a, a church, just so you know, it doesn't just happen. There's a lot in the process, and it begins with a vision. So talk to us a little bit about the vision that God has put on your hearts. Yeah, so my first trip was in 2017. I was there with the senior pastor of the church that I was serving with, and we had actually taken a trip to Athens with a, a Scottish man, which is a weird thing. I know it's a long story. <laughs> Uh, but this Scottish man who ran a parachurch organization in Greece, uh, we said, we'll go see what you're doing in Greece. If you'll take us to Scotland, we just want to see a couple castles on the way back. Let's make it a cool trip, you know. <laughs> Every door shut in our face in Greece, by the way, for partnership. Mm. We thought we were going to be working with refugees there, and it didn't work out. Mm. We got to Scotland, and it was arms wide open from mm. some of the other church leaders there. And, and uh, we, we met some different folks and, and decided that we wanted to come alongside and churches and, and encourage. And so in the summer of 2017, we were able to go back and I took Angela this time and, and we began to invite pastors to come and, and to link arms with, with others in Scotland. So we're there in 17, beautiful country. Who wouldn't want to come here? Uh, 2018, same kind of thing, but God, maybe the undercurrents were starting to stir in us. And then in 2019, for sure, we were like, okay, wh what's going on here, Lord? Yeah. yeah, so wow. we, I went with him and was kind of jealous of the first trip that he got to take over there. He's sending me all these gorgeous pictures, and I was like, I'm home making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, just so <laughs> you know, but have fun, you know. Um, so going over there with him, I, I knew that God wanted us to encourage other pastors and their wives that are in Scotland because they're trying desperately to grow their churches, and it's just hard. It, the, it's not even soil. It's like concrete. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was great with that, but I'm like, God, there's, there's something that you, you want us to do, but I, I just don't know. We decided um, it was in the summer, and in the summertime, it gets, it, it gets dark at like 3.30 in January in the afternoon. In the summertime, it's light until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Mm. And so we decided to go for a hike at 10, 30 at night to see the sunset. And we hiked up this mountain where when you get to the top, you can see a 360 view. You can see Edinburgh. You can see across the waterway all the way up into the highlands. And as we started to see dusk kind of fall, we started seeing little lights come on in these villages and, and towns and cities. And we were just blown away at how many people all these little lights were, rep were representing so many families, so many little communities. And so we just said, you know what, we need to pray over this country. And we, I, I stood on top of that mountain and I just said, God, you need to send somebody here. <laughs> like, you're, you're, they're going to have to be, like, strong. They're going to have to be confident and bold. And they're going to have to be able mm. to withstand some uphill battles. But, God, 
Someone needs to be sent here. So God, Somebody else, Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I really thought I was doing the country of Scotland a favor, right, by praying over them. Like, I've done my part. I've prayed over you guys. And that prayer really boomeranged, and, mm. and it happened very quickly. Um, we brought our boys into the conversation. They're old enough to understand. They saw, like, something's going on with you guys and something's stirring. And we loved the church that we were at, but we knew that God was calling us to something different. So it began a prayer journey with our kids. And um, yeah, God, God called us. I want you to plant a church mm. in Scotland. And we wow. said yes. <laughs> yeah, just some of that prayer journey in, in the mornings co coming home mm. um, really began to practice silence before the Lord. Mm. Like before I would pray, just be still. Wow. It's hard for me to be still. I don't know if anybody else has this. Um, and so I literally would set a timer on my phone like for two, be quiet for two minutes and just let God speak. Wow. And, um, and God did in that still small voice, just lay things on my heart at, at different times. And I had a, a, I had some, I would nevers. I don't know if you have any, I would nevers <laughs> in your life. God, I would never do that. I would never do that. And it's not, so, I never like balled up my fist and said to God, I would never, like, I didn't have that kind of thing going on. But in those mornings of prayer, one specific morning, really in tears before the Lord, um, the three words I would never turned to three different words, God, whatever you want. Mm. And we knew that our time was coming to an end mm. as a church that we helped birth, that we were in love with and, and love the community to this day. And But that whatever you want began to just mean, God, I'll, I'll literally go do anything. I don't have to be a senior leader. I will literally go do anything. Had some great opportunities come our way. But then just mm. God made it very, very clear. I referenced it on the video, and I forgot <laughs> to mention this last service, but I, I was literally in my yard, hmm. and we had been praying about this for a while. And I was in my yard mowing the grass, not a cloud in the sky. And suddenly it was like somebody hit a dimmer switch. Hmm. And I looked up in the sky, and still not a, not a cloud there. And in my mind's eye, as my eyes came back to the ground, uh, the ground had gone dark. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit say, okay, you're standing in Edinburgh. Across your driveway, mm. there's towns that maybe some of you have heard. Mm. Uh, there's, there's St. Andrews, there's Dundee, there's Aberdeen, mm. there's Inverness. Over your shoulder is Glasgow. Mm. And in the darkness there in the, in the yard, little, in my mind's eye, little lights began to come on. Mm. And I just simply said, felt the Lord say, I want you to go help turn the lights on. Mm. I'm not wow. the creator of light. He's the creator of light. Mm. And so we want to go be obedient to the vision that he's given so I didn't tell her right away because I wanted to stay married. I wanted to make it to 25, you know, this 25-year thing. So it uh, just really begins some prayer in me, and like Angela said, with, with her and with our boys later on. We just begin to ask God to confirm this over and over. And sure enough, as different as this sounds and as out of the box as this is for us, after being very comfortable in northwest Atlanta mm -hmm. for, for years and years, there's just a peace, wow. which is w one of the greatest evidence of God's will, right? There's just yeah. a, there's just a right. peace. And so... I don't know. I share those things not to Love not that. to preach at you today because we're so just excited to be here and have conversation. I don't know if you have any I would nevers mm. in your life. You know, it may hmm. be I would never talk to that person. I would never go back to them. I would never do whatever it might be. Just open handed before the Lord, God, whatever you want. So. I think uh, starting a church in New York City was on my never, never list. Living in New York City was on my I'll never list. And maybe Hilton Head on one of our lists. Maybe mine. Uh, maybe yours anyway. So um, God really surprised us, and he's surprising you guys. 
Um, tell us a little bit about, because Scotland is uh, um, a country of five, five million, and a half million. Five and half so. million. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I particularly, because I have a family, my grandfather was from a little place called Carluc, Scotland, and he was a quintessential you know, coal mining Scottish man who emigrated uh, at 18 years old to the U.S., um, yeah, through Ellis Island, which I found his name listed the last time we were there in 2019. And uh, it's right between Glasgow and Edinburgh, which is really the center of population in the country, both of those two cities. Um, part of the reason why I'm, I'm just excited about uh, seeing what you guys are going to do and what God is going to do, because my grandfather, um, I didn't share this in the first service, but he accepted Jesus as a savior on his deathbed, essentially. Um, but he was a result of two centuries of the Enlightenment, a man who was far from God and had a hard heart towards God all of his life. And uh, so I'm excited about that. But tell us a little bit about Edinburgh. How many of you have been to Scotland, by the way, or Edinburgh, Scotland? Oh, yeah, well, quite a few in this service, not in the first service. Anyway, so tell us a little bit about Edinburgh and the place that you guys are going to be living. Yeah, so it's, it's the capital city. And as, as Todd referenced, between Edinburgh and Glasgow, there's a kind of a belt across the middle of the country where a majority of the population live. There's about seven population centers. Uh, the highlands, of course, are beautiful. And as you get up there, it be becomes a little more sparse um, in, in population. But Edinburgh has its university, which is known all over the world. And people send, particularly from all over Europe, but really from all over the world, people come get their education there. They go to the University of, of Aberdeen, certainly University of St. Andrews, which recruits mm -hmm. heavily from, from the states. So that the the college system, the university system, I should say, in, in Scotland is just rich. And so as we're walking around, our 19-year-old our said, Dad, I feel like everybody here is my age. And, um, and it, it can feel like that mm. during, during some times of the year. It's a city with a lot of, a lot of influence. And so we've just begun, yeah. we didn't know what else to do. Uh, we knew our, our yes was not on the table. Our yes was on the road for, with mm. the Lord. And so as we, the first thing we were doing as we were visiting the city was just prayer walking. And as we prayer walk, God's, God's led us in, in this. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if I were to describe the city to you, we could talk for hours about the beautiful architecture, the, you know, the history. When you are in Scotland, those of you that have been, you literally feel like you've been plopped beautiful. into the middle of a fairy tale. That's right in the middle of the city, it's, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just beautiful. absolutely stunning. But to really capture the essence of a place and a culture, you have to know the people. And one of the things that we've been so blessed to get to do on these trips that we've been going back and forth is just meeting people. You know, Scotland has 5 million people. That's the size of the city of Atlanta. So, you know, what seems so daunting all of a sudden seems like, okay, okay. Like, we you put that into context and think, maybe we can meet more people than we actually, you know, think we can. Um, but one of the things that just was really sweet that happened on one of our trips, there's a real beautiful uh, street called the Royal Mile, and it starts from the Queen's Palace, where the Queen just had her jubilee, mm. and um, it goes from there all the way up to Edinburgh Castle. And it's a real big touristy spot, lots of iconic picture spots along the way, restaurants. And most locals kind of avoid that area because it's really busy, but we still love it. We love to go up there. And 
uh, one day we were walking up there, and there was a man that was holding an owl, like a massive, big, huge owl. And we realized that for five pounds, you can hold this owl. And I wanted to hold the owl, and he did not. Um, so <laughs> I still haven't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I held Hazel, the owl, and just started talking to this man. His name is Alex. And as I was talking to him, I thought, there's something special about him. Like, he, he was very warm to us. And I said, you know what? I want to bring my boys back, and I want to introduce them to you. And we came back a month later and brought our boys. And he could not believe it. He was like, you really did that. Like, you came back and said hello. And I was like, well, I told you we would. And as we've gotten to know him, we noticed that he's just very down on himself and um, kind of self-loathing and just, oh, I, uh, you know, I get taken advantage of a lot because I'm just a pushover. It's, it's my fault. And, um, and I just had an opportunity to stop and look at him and say, Alex, look what you do for a living. You, when people see you, when they're walking up the street, their eyes light up. They see this extraordinary thing that most people don't ever see. You don't see someone holding this huge bird of prey on a day-to-day -day <laughs> basis. That's what you get to do. Mm. You get to see light in people's eyes mm. every day that you come to work. Mm. And he just stared at me for a second. And he said, nobody's ever said that to me before. Mm. Nobody's ever pointed that out. And the Scottish people do not turn down encouragement. And I think there's a lack of encouragement there. And um, so they are friendly, they are warm, they are welcoming. And that, to me, describes the city of Edinburgh more than any building or any landmark ever could. You yeah. can follow Hazel is Now on Instagram, by oh, the way, yes. at, yeah. at yeah. Hazel is Now. And if you go that, make sure you pray for Alex. <laughs> Hazel the yeah. Owl? Okay, Hazel is an Owl, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> Hazel is an Owl. Tell us about the name Take Hold Church. Yeah. Tell us why That's that cool. name. Yeah. So, um, again, just in, in season of prayer and, and walking with the Lord, right after the trip to Scotland, I had read uh, from 1 Timothy 6 in the scriptures and um, the Apostle Paul's encouragement to Timothy. And it was a couple weeks later, I just since, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it through my reading plan. You know, I'm checking all the boxes, you know. <laughs> and a couple weeks later, I just sensed the Lord say, no, I, I want you to go back to, to 1 Timothy 6. And and I'm an underliner and a highlighter. And, and so I went back and I saw the, the underlines. And 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. And, you know, we can, we can preach that. You know, we can preach that over and over again. And it's a powerful encouragement from Paul to Timothy. But the next line is the one that got my attention. It was, take hold of the eternal life to which you are called. Mm -hmm. And at the end of 1 Timothy 6, Paul comes back to this statement and this phrase. He says to Timothy, he says, teach those who are rich in this present age to be generous, to be rich in good deeds. And he goes on with some more encouragement. And he says, and in doing so, they will take hold of life that's truly life. This word, this phrase, take hold in, in the Greek means to seize it, to pursue mm -hmm. it, to run after it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we think of taking hold of eternal life. Isn't eternal life later, isn't it? No, Jesus said it's right now. It's, it's happening. It's in our lives right now. It's active in our lives. And so it's uh, following Jesus as a constant pursuit. And so God had, had really laid that on my heart even before we knew we'd be mm. planting a church. And um, we were coming up on another anniversary. Uh, my best friend was killed in a cycling accident in 2012. It'll be 10 years here. 
uh, before too long. He was my best friend. He was a worship pastor at our church. His wife, Angela's best friend. And as, as couples, we just, we did everything together, spent most every weekend together, raising kids together. And, and um, he was just, he had the gift of encouragement, like, like no other man I, I've, I've ever met. And um, I had a day where I was just missing him. And I have a, a SIM card uh, from an old AT&T phone. I took it to the AT&T store. I said, I, I just want to hear this voicemail. Uh, he left me a voicemail, and I changed phones, and I, I didn't have it. And uh, years had passed. They weren't able to retrieve it for me. So I sat down on my laptop and still just, uh, just having one of those days. If you've ever lost somebody suddenly, mm-hmm. I think you can relate to this. Just, yes. just having one of those days, one of those afternoons, just missing him. So I put into the spotlight feature on, on a Mac notebook. I just typed in his name to see what would come up. And this is five, six years after his death. An email came up that I promise you I had never seen before. And it was like I was hearing from him fresh and new. And it was about a 500-word email that was purely encouragement. That's all it was. Hey, I'm thinking about you today. I'm praying for you. Here's what I'm praying. And he, like only he could do, uh, just went on. I'm praying for you as a, as a pastor, as a leader, as a husband, as a dad. And he goes on and on. And he signs the email with a phrase. He's, he says, more than anything else, my prayer for you is that you will take hold of the calling that God puts on your life. Mm. And so mm. we knew, uh, no matter what we did next, and we didn't know we would be church planning in Scotland, mm. that the phrase take hold was forever going to be a part of our lives. Mm. And so when God laid this on our heart, we just said, let's take hold church. I love that. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. And what an amazing story of God just laying the groundwork of what you would do years and years later. Just in concluding today, how, how can we... We're, we're going to be partnering with you in so many different ways. How can we pray for you guys? Obviously, moving in January, a daunting task of being the light in a dark world. Uh, how can we pray for you? Angela, I'll let yeah, you answer. Yeah, so I um, thank you so much for asking because it does mean the world. When people say we're praying for you, that is, we don't take that lightly. It's not trite. You know, we, we really, really appreciate your prayers. There are a lot of logistics. Um, we have a dog, and we real, I really want to take him with us. And Me too, but she's not going without him. That's, <laughs> she has a deal with God right now. This is, this is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just tricky to move a dog. He's little, so I don't know if I could stuff him in a bag or something. But, um, and our boys in that transition for them and their ages. Um, but honestly, the, the top of the prayer list is something that we've prayed for so many years. When we were starting the church in northwest Atlanta, We prayed, God, would you go before us into the hearts and minds of people? Go before us into the hearts and minds of people. Go before us into the hearts and minds of people. Mm. We prayed it so many times. Mm. And almost, I prayed it so much that I forgot the power that Mm. that prayer really holds. And as we've been praying that, and as people have been praying that for us, as we've been going back and forth to Scotland, we are seeing that prayer literally Mm. being answered before our eyes Mm. because every single person that we've met, whether we're on a taxi, a bus, um, in a coffee shop, Mm. in a donut shop, if it's Paul, in the (laughs) pharmacy, um, every single place we've gone, Mm. when we start to talk to somebody, they hear our accent. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I guess we do have an accent (laughs) to you. And where are you from? And we say, well, we're moving here. And then in that moment, God, on a silver platter, hands us an opportunity to tell them 
this is why we're coming here. We're coming here to plant a church. And they're so intrigued by that mm. because that's not normal. You don't do that. We, it, this is not a normal thing in their country. And so the warm reception that we've gotten isn't just, oh, we, mm. their culture is so friendly. That's true. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's mm. those prayers being answered right then and there before our eyes. And mm. it's literally blowing us away. Like I bought all these um, little take hold business cards because I thought it was cute. I'm like, well, we need business cards now. <laughs> and I've been passing them out to so many people because they're asking us for them. Mm. Like they'll say, oh, can, do you have a business card? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Mm. Is, is this how easy <laughs> this is going to be? Um, but, you know, the other thing I would say is just for a confidence, a calm confidence and assurance that God, God has equipped us and given us the gifts that he has for a reason. And something I shared in the first mm -hmm. service is, you know, one of my biggest fears when we said yes was, do I have what it takes? I, I've always had this confidence in Paul. He's, he's a pastor. He's so well educated. And do I have what, what it takes in this very... Um, just educated country, you mm. know, what if I get into a debate with somebody? What if I don't have what it takes in that moment? And God just spoke to me that, that moment with Alex and Hazel, the mm. owl, he <laughs> told me, that's what I want you to mm. go do. I've mm. given you the gift of encouragement and I want you to go be that. I want you to be a light to these people. And that's enough. And I want to encourage you today. Mm. Like if you're feeling less than, or like, do I have what it takes? Whatever God has put in your hands, mm -hmm. the thing that gives you joy when you walk away from and you're like, gosh, that felt really good. Like, I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to do that. That's your God-given gift and talent. And don't let anybody dumb it down or take right. that away from you. Be bold and be confident in that. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Just pray that mm -hmm. God would continue to give us more names, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and um, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's David and Tobias and... Anna and Jessica. There's there's people we've met just in the back and forth. We really believe that God has given us the area where we are called to plant. You know, Edinburgh is, is a pretty large city, uh, but any city is a collection of neighborhoods. Mm. And we really believe that God has, giving, has given us our neighborhood where we would start. It's a neighborhood that's been well-known and well-loved for uh, almost 200 years. It's mm. been a, a haven for artists and artisans. It's, mm. uh, it's a place that Restaurants want to have a location in, that, that stores want to have a location in. We really believe it's the place where you reach the people who will reach the people. That's awesome. And that's ultimately what we're going to do. When you're going to a country that's only 1% reached, planting one church is awesome, but the need is for much more than that. Yeah. And so we're praying that God will allow us to be a church that plants other churches, that we will be able to raise up Scots to reach Scots. And uh, so pray with us in that, that, that God would just multiply our efforts. Mm. Uh, church planning is a little crazy. You kind of have to be a little crazy. But, you know, we got jackets, you guys. Because they, they started years ago with Westridge, and we were a part of North Star, kind of on the same track. And we actually moved out of a school. I love that story. And y'all took the chairs that we had because we found yep. a high school. And this is uh, the journey of church planning is going and just finding a place to meet. And I can't wait to hear about yep. where the place is going to be. I know there's so many um, incredible opportunities God has for you for the place. Um, but one of the neat things that happened with Todd and I is that being a part of North Star, we were a part of their 25th anniversary during our sabbatical back in January. And we shared with you that they surprised us and gave Hilton Head Island Community Church $10,000 to just do with what God, you know, what did God want us to do with that? Well, we prayed about it. 
And um, we took 5,000 of, of that money, and a few months ago, Justin shared that we gave that to our church plan in Belize. And we felt led to give the other 5,000 to Take Hold Scotland and um, Take Hold Church in Scotland. I know, you just need to call it Take Hold Scotland. I love it. Um, and so we're doing that today, but not only that, um, we're about to uh, approach our fiscal, the end of our fiscal year, about to start our new fiscal budget on September 1st. You'll hear more about that next week. But our, our stewardship team has approved us giving you an additional 5,000 yeah. over the next year. So I'm kind of excited about this. This is the fun part where we get to show the check here. Yeah. And you did this, Hilton and Island Community Church. This is from you. From you. Yeah. Yep, that's right. That's right. Don't try to take a picture and do mobile deposit on your own, okay? There's no, <laughs> There's no check yeah. number, yeah. Bill. Don't worry. Wow, <laughs> you just opened up a lot of minds. Uh, so I would love for us to pray for Paul and for Angela and for Take Hold Church in Edinburgh, Scotland. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand up, and I would like for us as a church to pray uh, for them together as they embark on this, uh, this amazing journey. Um, you know, one of the things that we have in common is that we serve on an island. And at the end of Acts, we see Paul and a bunch of prisoners on their way to Rome shipwrecked on the island of Malta. And it's amazing what happened in that shipwreck right at the end of the, uh, the last chapter of Acts. And God gave them favor. And that's what you ask us to pray for, essentially, is, is that God would go before them in the hearts in the minds of the people of Scotland. And I'm praying for favor, just like God gave Paul and those prisoners, and just like he's given Hilton Head Island Community Church. I'm praying for the same thing for Take Hold. And uh, so would you join me and just reach out your, your hand, uh, just in a show of support. Father, I thank you for Paul and for Angela. God, I thank you for um, the calling that you had on them long ago to start Take Hold Church. And Father, you knew um, before even they were born that they would be going into this place called Scotland and, and beginning to change with your light um, two centuries of what essentially is, is darkness. But Father, the people there are receptive and they've already had so many conversations and you already have gone before them in the hearts and the minds of the people of Scotland. And I pray for more of that, Father. I pray that you would give them favor with the people of Edinburgh, and you would give them favor with the people of Stockbridge, their little village, and the people of Scotland. And Father, I pray that you would raise up Scots, reaching Scots with the gospel of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for Hilton Head Island Community Church's part in it. Father, I thank you that we're able to do what we're doing because you have provided and you've gone before us. I pray for every detail of their move, Father, I, from, the, from making sure that the dog gets there to making sure that every detail of all of their possessions that they need there, Father, I pray that you will unify them and that you will give them spiritual fortitude, which they will need, Father, in, in this daunting task. Father, I pray that you give them joy and grace. And Father, I pray that you would just allow us to have joy when we see us be, playing a part in what they're doing over in Scotland. We pray all of this in the strong and the mighty and the powerful name and above names, the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. amen.